What's up? It's December 7th. It's Wednesday morning. You're listening to episode 79 of the Chasing Poets podcast. The Chasing Points Poets. podcast. Poets. 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 Okay, Stewie Griffin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. I'm Sam. I'm Brandon. Oh, he let me say my goddamn yeah. name. Look at that. Wow. We're back. <laughs> it took a little bit when once we hit record and then that English sounding woman says recording in progress. And then I always have to get my mouse ready to click OK, because then I can't see your face. Oh, gosh. And yeah. it took a lot longer this time than it normally does. And thus the uh, awkward intro. What's up, Hayes? How are you, man? You know, just feeling like I have a case of the Mondays on a Tuesday. And when you guys hear this, it'll be Wednesday. So hopefully I'm good on this hump day. How about that? How are you? Dude, I am uh, just doing all I can. Just living the dream. I hear that. I just know there's an old fashioned in my very, very near future. So uh, I'm going to make sure I deliver the best podcast I can and and reward myself with the lovely, delightful brown treat. So, yeah. Dude, uh I love old fashions. First, I went to that uh, new barbecue place in Fishkill, Beast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great old fashioned. Interesting. So tell I will Becca be the judge the bar- of it. Yeah. Tell Becca, the bartender, that Sam says hi. And, what up, uh, Becca? And uh, yeah, no, it was really good. You guys should check it out. Uh, shameless plug. Hayes, a lot to talk to, a lot, a lot of talk about this. Words week. are hard today. Words are Sam. so hard. Mm-hmm. It's Tuesday night. Uh, mm-hmm. We both need drinks. But uh, yeah, big week always of NFL news, but going to sprinkle in a lot of college football, baseball signings, winter meetings are underway. we even have a special edition of Do You Care this week centered around the NBA. But Hayes, uh, you know, I guess we'll start at at the top and uh, I guess we'll go with America's team, right? I know you'll love that phrase, but yeah. uh, Jerry Jones, something that we really haven't spoken too much about um, yeah, nor has the now, media. Well, nor has the media. And of all things, was again brought up and triggered by LeBron James. And I think he was absolutely right when he uh, asked the media, basically, like, you ask me about every topical world news thing, every sports news event going on. How come no one's asked me about Jerry Jones and this photo from when he was 14 years old in Little Rock? Uh, you know, with the uh, the protests uh, and, and everything that happened there again, I know uh, it was like 60 years ago um, and and Jerry's kind of sidestepped it, of course. And um, there's been a you know, it's been in and out of the news, as you just referenced. But I thought it was a, a hell of a point by LeBron um, to, you know, bring that up, not even state his fact, uh, his case, because we all know how LeBron feels about stuff like this. And and uh, you know how um, he's kind of the lightning rod, right? He's asked all these non-sports questions. Well, I mean, and, he, and he, when he gives his opinion, it's like, why did LeBron say anything? You well, know? he made sure it was really specifically first. He addressed the Kyrie situation. It was more of what he was talking about more than anything. It was Kyrie uh, posted as we spoke about before. He spoke. He posted a movie that had anti-Semitic tropes in it. Um, that is on Amazon and is still currently on Amazon, from my understanding. He never said anything, but yet now Kyrie lost his deal with Nike, uh, was suspended from the league, and was the nonstop talk for like a month. 
But Jerry Jones, a photo of him back in 1957, uh, standing outside a part of a desegregation uh, demonstration in Little Rock, Arkansas. Jerry right there in the photo staring at it. Jerry's response was, you know, essentially I was a kid and I was curious and I was watching it. Well, see, it's it's crazy to me of the standard that we hold people to and especially people of color because when Kyrie had that situation going when he openly said that he was not anti-semitic literally lost his contract with Nike had to be suspended so lost money there and went through all of this and went through a bunch of media scrutiny had to go and talk to the ALS um so on and so forth do all these these tasks this checklist of things to do and i'm not saying i'm not going to sit here and say whether it's right or wrong i'm not going to even dive into that fact right now but the fact that jerry jones on the opposite end was literally a part of one of the most racist demonstrations a part of one of the most racist times in this country it's kind of just like yeah i was curious as a kid and i was just there and it was just like oh okay jerry cool you were curious and we just walk away from it um which is why lebron said you want to you want to bring up all this other stuff of when we don't hold other people's feet to the fire it's only our people when this is happens and people have come out with criticism well this is a different sport it's not about the sport it's about the media coverage and the coverage that is given and to the fact that i've literally barely heard espn fox sports uh nfl network uh so on and so forth that that provide and and put all this out there. All I keep hearing about, well, is the Cowboys going to do this? The Cowboys going to do that? Jerry was in there for a whole five goddamn seconds, and we didn't talk about it after that. It's really getting sickening to me that people like me are being held today. If they we do something wrong, yes, I don't. I get it. That's fine. You can put us out there, but it's it's the length of time that is put out there and all the the downfall that happens to that now this 80 something year old billionaire is sitting here scot-free and we just oh okay he was just there for that it's not a big deal this is why i have a problem with the nfl this is why i have a problem with with ownership across the board this is why i have a problem with media across the board especially when it comes to black and white relations and it's disgusting honestly but this is what this country's founded on it's not supposed to be political but this shit it, it irks me it really irks me so I've said my piece. Yeah, no, I, I certainly co-sign what you're saying, man. Yeah, um, you know, we're certainly have um different perspectives on this, you know, me being a white man and not, you know, being able to um I don't know what the right words are, not being able to um really align or what feelings wise like not experiencing the same things you're experiencing but we certainly i'm certainly with you on how this um news has developed and disappeared and it's it's funny it gets it's not funny um but it gets the it gets brought up i think lebron said this wednesday night so a whole week ago it gets brought up on all you know it makes its rounds Mm-hmm. Thursday morning, of course, ESPN is behind it, um, but they also, you know, uh, and Fox Sports and and Sports Illustrated and all that, you know, they, it gets its rounds everywhere. The clips are this clips on social media, and then it just it just continues to disappear. And um, I didn't, I know Jerry has a weekly radio spot with uh, whatever local affiliates in in the area. I did not hear 
I, I basically did not hear his response to if anyone asked him. And you're not going to. Said. And you're I think that, to. you know, it's part of the. That's a part of the problem. Think, yeah, it's just it exists. It's there. I think we all know the reason we all know. Um, you know, the situation, and it's just it's really unfortunate. And I think it's because he's who he is that it's mm -hmm. just kind of it dissolves. It disappears. Yep. Um, and I, you know, it's hard because not, none of us were there. We didn't, there's no video. It's not like, but he was there. Yeah. And if it was, you know, the thing I, I mean, wait, about, well, hold on to that point though. Kyrie posted a movie. Yeah. That he never said any anti-Semitic tropes, but yet right. and still this no, is the downfall for him. You're not wrong, dude. I, I'm not, I'm on your, no, I'm I know you are. I'm just, here. I'm just making sure so the audience understand this is yeah. this is exactly what we're talking I, about. I think the I mean, certainly it was it was big news. It's important news, but I think also the, you know, uh, the actions of Kanye West over the last X amount of weeks, months have also fueled the outrage for Kyrie, too. It's like how, you know, oh, Kanye's doing it. Now it's Kyrie. And it kind of he gets lumped into certainly the the things that Kanye has said and done over the last you know I don't even know how long are just inexcusable and it just continues people continue to give him a microphone and a platform and to to do and say all this vicious awful things but I think being a black man being a black man that is always kind of you know has always spoken his mind and but been in and out of quote-unquote trouble as far as the media goes get gets in situations and the media makes a big deal about a lot of different things so Kyrie's an easy target it and it got lumped in with a lot of the Kanye stuff and again but we all know the other you know the reasons here I haven't been following the story we haven't even talked about the story until until now which is you know uh uh on us too but um you know it's it's just kind of sad because it it will once again disappear um and i i just don't know what the the next steps or or the answer you know it doesn't look like he's going to be held accountable it's he's not going to be and it's this is what happens when people of his stature uh that look like him that have the capability of making things disappear they make them disappear so it's not there's it, it's there's a there's not just one step there's multiple steps that need to, to be had and they all need to happen in in concession and i don't know if it ever will be uh again this country has been founded on hate when it comes to people of of darker pigmentation and this this does not fall too far from that tree i mean it's it's one and the same it's under the same umbrella uh this is literally history you can look this up on your own i'm not going to sit here and be your history teacher this is your job to educate yourself i just had to say something about this because i just i'm not going to sit on here and do a podcast every week and not talk about something that bothers the shit out of me like this does and this does and it should be talked about and it's just not going to be and that's the sad truth so i'm good with just leaving it right here for right now uh, because i have so much more to say but yeah that's it let's talk about lamar yeah I I hear you, man. Um, certainly have have some things to say to you, but you know, this is your podcast. Whenever you feel like um, 
And I certainly understand you not wanting to open up the history books and, and educate people, but, you know, um, you know, certainly stand with you with stuff like this. Um, but yeah, to, to kind of go, uh, back in, into the NFL, uh, Lamar got hurt, uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback he did. He did. over the weekend. I don't know how you segue out of that, but you know, um, you did right. You did yeah, right. Lamar got hurt over the weekend. Uh, uh, they're speculating that he's going to be out one to three weeks with a sprained PCL. I, I think that's just speculation as far as the timeline. I don't know if the Ravens or John Harbaugh or anyone ha- gave an exact timeline, but it looks like it's the Tyler Huntley um, show Tyler. Yet, yet again in uh, the the depths of the season. The Ravens turn to a you know a more than capable backup, a, a backup who's played for them in, in playoff games too. Um, the next four matchups for Baltimore at Pittsburgh, never an easy place to play at Cleveland, uh, which their defense just took over the game against the Texans, but that's not a really hard thing to do home to Atlanta and home to Pittsburgh. So those are the next four weeks on the, the schedule The the Ravens are in the, uh, you know, the heart of the, of the playoff contention here. Can they survive without Lamar? And um, did Lamar uh, screw himself by not uh, taking a deal before the season? And do you think this will ultimately impact uh, the money he's going to make in a couple months? Uh, I think it it depends on what happens with him not being there. I think that's what's going to this what's going to show. If they if Huntley doesn't do well and the team doesn't do well while while Lamar is gone. Uh, it, it could add to his value, but like, see what happens when I'm not here. And this is what it is. Obviously he hasn't had the, the greatest uh, stretch of games as of recent, but that could help. But I mean, this could, this could also on the other end uh, hurt with that injury and depending on what actually happens from there. Um, I guess we'll just have to, to wait and, and see what happens there. Um, more injuries, Jimmy G broke his foot i swear it's like these two quarterbacks could never catch a break <laughs> they, they just never can catch a break and they're in different stratospheres but they neither of them can catch a break but jimmy g breaks his foot he's done for the season or so they came out right before the podcast and said that he is not getting surgery and has a chance of coming back in seven to eight weeks so he does have a chance coming back. I'm going to probably say he's probably not going to come back after this, but I guess we'll see. Uh, but in the meantime, Mr. Irrelevant, the first Mr. Irrelevant quarterback to actually throw a pass in the NFL, uh, which is crazy. Uh, Brock Purdy is now QB1, uh, rookie from Iowa. I've heard a lot of great things about him thus far, but he's still Mr. Irrelevant. So don't know yeah. how great he's going to really be. Um, do you do you think what what do they do long term? They have Trey Lance, who injured himself in the beginning of the season. They have Jimmy G, who they were thriving with under center, and now they have Brock Purdy. What do they do with the QB position moving forward? I think I mean I this whole thing is a mess, right? It was a it was a mess the second they the Niners traded all those picks to Miami to draft Trey Lance, but. You know, the, I just keep thinking the amount of stuff that Jimmy G has been through in the last yeah 
X amount of years being traded from New England. Like you're drafted by New England. Oh yeah, you're you're sitting behind the greatest quarterback of all time. You get traded, signs a huge deal. People don't think he's worth the deal. He goes, you know, he leads his team to Super Bowl to title games. He's not, you know, not good enough. It's uh, you know, and then he ends up signing back because he's got nowhere else to go because he was hurt. And now he's hurt again. <laughs> and I, you know, I I have no idea. I would be more concerned if I'm John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan about right now. I mean, you're yeah. going to battle now with Brock Purdy. Yeah. Who uh I you know, I was looking at his college stats. He went to Iowa State, uh, had um, you know, had a couple pretty good years, but you know, there was a reason he was a seventh round pick, ultimately almost an undrafted free agent. If there's a team that can succeed with a quarterback like this, it's probably this one. The Niners defense is elite. It is. Uh their run game, their run scheme. Yeah, I've been praising it for years. Um, it's great. I mean, you have CMC and uh, you know, Debo and Brandon Ayuk, and oh yeah, the the best blocking tight end and slash an offensive weapon in George Kittle, a pretty good line, an all a, a future Hall of Famer at left tackle. Mm-hmm. If there's a T and you know, Kyle Shanahan. If there's a team that could do this, get this done, I, I think it's it's the Niners. But I still think, dude, this is going to be a tall order. Uh, I don't know if if the Seahawks have enough to jump the Niners in the division right now, but it's going to definitely be a test for them. And ultimately, I think they ought to side with Trey Lance in the long term to answer your first question. I agree. I think it's going to be Trey. Um, they got to give him a chance, especially when you spend all that collateral to get him. Um, I know a team that they definitely were pro- a person they were definitely looking for, I should say. But the way that the claims were set up uh, did not fall anywhere near them. And I think the Rams just did this out of spite. Oh, totally. totally. <laughs> we're talking about Baker Mayfield being cut by the Panthers on Monday claimed by the Rams on Tuesday, who were way ahead of the, the Niners and the claim. I know they 100% knew that the Niners needed their arrival. So they're like, okay, well, you're probably going to look at him because he was a starting quarterback. Let's just pick him up to have him essentially sit on our bench to do nothing. <laughs> We're just going to do this so you guys don't have it because we don't want to see you win. Um, I thought that was super interesting. There's no way that that's not the case. Like, I just feel like they're just straight oh. petty hardaways over here. So, yeah. Petty hardaways. Mm-hmm. Totally, dude. This was mm-hmm. less need saying. Uh, we're not just going to let this happen. We will eat the rest of this contract. And I think it's just this year. So like he's a free agent at the end of the year. I'm sure he'll get into games at some point, um, especially just with Bryce Perkins and uh, John Wolford on, on, you know, the depth chart ahead of him. It'd be interesting to see what Sean McVay can do with Baker Mayfield, but this is just going to be Baker's future, man. And you called it from probably from, our first episode we have we've not been very high on baker you've never shied away from the criticism there and i think this is just who he is um richard sherman had some interesting things to say and totally agree with him like these quarterbacks are getting way too many chances because they were first picks and the ceiling is is quote-unquote high look at carson i think yeah (laughs) so uh yeah yeah this was totally a spite move by the Rams, I love it. Uh, but as you know, we'll see if 
Brock Purdy's the answer there. Who knows? Maybe he's the next Tom Brady, <laughs> and maybe he's just irrelevant. And that and that'll just be a, you know, something to look out for. But if you're a 49ers fan, you can't be feeling really good. Um, and if you're a Rams fan, at least there is a little bit of light because you screwed over the Niners. Uh, other news about getting screwed over. It looks like the Titans uh, fired their GM today, uh, John Robinson. He was mm-hmm. let go despite he signed an extension haze in February. The team seven and five. They own the AFC South. They were the one seed last year. Yep. They're on track to make the playoffs for the fourth year in a row, the fifth time in six seasons. And Robinson gets the can. Essentially, it you know from what I read, it just sounds like they're not thrilled with the few the, like how this roster is projecting. And it might have something to do with maybe just giving AJ Brown away to your Philly, uh, your your Eagles there. Um, but dude, that what a mess. Uh, I'm sure Mike Vrabel's uh gonna get more control of the, of roster decisions and this Probably. team. And uh, you know, he's pretty good at, at what he does. But uh, you know, how would you fix these Titans if you know long term here? You got Tannehill on an old deal, an uh, you know, Henry's getting older every carry he takes. No, aside from Traylon Burks, you have no offensive weapons, uh, uh, you know, receivers. So I I start with quarterback. Uh, I I don't mind Tannehill, um, but I don't like Tannehill's game. And I think that's where, that's a major part of them not being able to, to win because Tannehill's just, to me, he's not that guy that can go out and get you a win. Like he's that guy. He's that game manager. Like what we've talked about with people talk about about Jimmy G. Jimmy G's actually been to a Super Bowl, right? Like he's a game manager, but he's actually been to Super Bowl. Yes, is he on a better team? Yes, this is accurate, right? But he still was able to do enough to get his team to that next spot. Yeah, right? game managers win Super Bowls. Uh, of course, Johnson, of course they do. Trent, yes, Trent Dilfer. Yes, yeah. of course. Um. So, so in that aspect, I think that's the first place they need to do. And I know they have Malik there, and I pray he's going to be the future there because it would just be super cool. Um, but I think that's where they got to start f- first. Um, they need to get wideouts. They had one of the best wideouts, and they let it walk out the door, which I was saying to Sam earlier off air. I, I believe that I don't think that's just on the GM. Like the owner probably had to sign off on one of his higher profile guys is walking out the door because he was looking to get a big contract that has to be okayed by the owner too to pay that as well am i right or wrong in saying oh, that? no i I'd, I'd have to imagine that right no gm has full autonomy correct correct right. so in, if that's the case then who the owner the owner's not going to take blame for this so somebody's got to take the blame for this instead we just watched well, our former guy run all over us and laugh at us, and now we got to do something about it. I know nothing about the Titans' ownership front office. I mm-hmm. don't know who the owner is. I don't know how hands-on or hands-off he is, but I would imagine that this guy, John Robinson, is in charge of personnel, yep. and he said, quote-unquote, owner, here you go. This is the situation. We can get a draft pick right now for AJ Brown. We don't have to pay him twenty million a year. Traylon mm-hmm. Burks is there. He will succeed in this offense. You know, we can win despite AJ Brown. We had AJ and Julio last year, and it it didn't quite work out. Sure we can didn't. Get, we can win without AJ Brown. And even though the the owner signed off on it, it's kind of like, and the owner made the decision. He made the decision 
because the GM said, this is a situation. This is mm-hmm. what we can do. I say we do this. So it's kind of like he approved it, but it's also can be like, this is your ass if this doesn't work. Well, if that's the reason I'm just speculating, we, you know, we were talking all draft night, especially around when uh, you guys took Jordan Davis and then you later traded for, uh, for this pick or traded away this pick to the Titans. Um, you know, he gave him away. Gave the Eagles stole AJ Brown. Well, I mean, Especially I'm not upset now. about it. So I I'm mean, not upset for you either. I, I'm, just I, I'm I'm not going to say. I'm gonna say, hey, thank you, John Robinson. I might might start a GoFundMe for you uh, and and say thank you while you are sitting unemployed, which I'm sure you'll probably be right back somewhere else. So thank Spe- you, especially for building a team like that. Speaking of, well, I guess he wasn't unemployed, but he was sitting on his butt on the couch playing PS5 or something. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson saw his first action in over 700 days on Sunday. And I think it's fair to say, Hayes, he laid an egg. I thought he was going to start. You didn't think he was even going to start. And in hindsight, maybe Jacoby Brissett should have started. Should have started. But the Browns beat the worst team in football, the first team to be eliminated. Uh, First and back-to-back years of the Houston Texans there. Um, not first, but in back-to-back years, they were eliminated. They still won 27-14, to 14, but it was really the Browns' defense that carried the way. Mm-hmm. With Deshaun's back, he had um, you know his accusers in the building. Uh, they were in Houston. The, you know, the uh, wasn't an ovation, but the boos were, uh, you know, shaking. Super prevalent, there. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were there. Um, what do you you know real quick the the Deshaun Watson uh, experience so far? What do you, what do you think? What do you, uh, you know? I mean, just like last week, I told you that I didn't even think he should start, and this is exactly why I didn't think he should start. They scored no touchdowns on offense. All the touchdowns came from literally the defense. Period. That's all it came from. Nothing offensively, but that's to be expected. He hasn't played in seven hundred days. He's not. Like you can just walk into the NFL and just start dropping dimes. That's not how it works. You have to get up to game speed and stuff like that. So, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have some time to do that. I'd say probably by the third his third game under his belt, he'll have game speed under there and conditioning to that point. Uh, so, I, I I mean, he could still be the Deshaun that we knew and and saw how he could spin the 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 pigskin, and I think he could be there. But I mean, that's. We'll see. We'll see. Another person that I don't know what they're going to be, but uh, apparently visited the Cowboys on Monday and then went to the the Mavericks game after with uh, Diggs and, and Micah Parsons uh, is OBJ. Uh, I the question I have is the deal done, but I've I've now heard the speculation from Jerry, who was originally all on board for him, now saying that they don't know what's going to go on with his ACL, which. Duh, this is the whole thing. It's the same same knee that he injured before. So, of course, we don't know what Odell we're getting, and now you're saying you don't know. What do you think happens? Does he sign with them? What do you think is going to happen going forward? Well, yeah, I, I saw that um, backtracking from from uh, the aforementioned Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. I heard it earlier. Maybe it was on that same radio interview that I was referencing earlier, but um, I think they signed him. They probably... Uh, either don't want to pay him or <laughs> they just saw his medicals and they just don't think he's he's ready. Basically, Jerry said, I'll, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't ever really want to say uh, 
align myself with Jerry Jones, but he's basically saying if he's healthy, we'll sign him. If he's ready to play, we'll sign him. I read something. I saw a notification today that he might not be ready till January. Yeah. And I'm sure they don't want to, they don't want him if that's the case. Yeah. And uh, you know, that, that this offense hasn't skipped a beat once Dak got up to speed and got comfortable. And uh, you know, the running game has Zeke is looking like, you know, rookie sophomore year Zeke Tony Pollard is just a you know a breath of fresh air in that backfield CD Lamb Dalton Schultz you know well if I'm Gallup 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 in a situation I'd be pissed off about all this because you're all talking about Odell and I'm out here back came back from injury and I'm out here balling like yeah and that that was my last that was exactly my last point like Michael Gallup's no uh no chump either like you're he's he's uh you know making plays when it counts and uh, you know, would Odell help this team? I think Odell would help any team, a healthy Odell Beckham. Like, but, you know, we don't know what he's going to get. I think he he's playing this smart. His agent's playing it smart to, you know, sign as quickly as possible. And and you can see my medicals later kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I, I think mean, he'll eventually be a cowboy, but I have no idea. What he's the prettiest girl in school and and everybody wants to take her to prom. So this is what's happening right now. They're looking. He's just yeah. out here just picking and choosing from that point. That's especially. It. Yeah. Especially when there's no uh, the, the trade deadlines passed and you really can't, you know, unless someone gets cut, as we just saw with Baker, you're not making any moves. So. Yeah. Uh, honorary. Do you care? I mentioned I may have mentioned at the top. We have a special NBA edition of do you care? But honorary. Do you care? Hayes. On the All Things Covered podcast, which is Patrick Peterson, uh, the Vikings cornerback, and his cousin, Brian McFadden. Yeah, um, Brian McFadden, formerly of the Steelers, they have a podcast. And basically, Pat P said of his former quarterback, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray doesn't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. Kyler, you know, came back and said, you know, basically, is this what a mentor does? Is, you know, is this what a big bro does? kind of thing um peterson backtracked a little bit but then you saw like when the vikings played the the cardinals earlier in the year there was a whole uh celebration in the end zone where peterson's like playing pretending to play video games and kind of thing to an obvious shot at, at kyler what you know do you care about these comments uh of course i care because i mean it's a former teammate that you know what your former teammates do. You're around them, and Patrick P was in on the Cardinals, started his whole career there, so he he knows those players in that building probably better than anybody else outside of that locker room. So I do care, uh, but I also don't care to this extent. Is of course Kyler is only cares about Kyler. This most players that are as highly touted as him and touted as him is that they go through life on this pedestal and they don't really think about anybody else except for them themselves. I mean, do you think, do you think that uh, the likes of Aaron Rodgers, who was balling out in, in Cal, like he wasn't being glorified and held on a pedestal. I mean, look at Johnny Manziel. He could do no wrong before he came out of college, right? He was, he was the man. He was out here partying with Drake, doing all this stuff like that. He, of course he cared about himself. He didn't care about anything else. He's out here getting his money. These kids are young like this. They don't they don't really mature until whatever age it is. But he of course, he's going to care about himself because that's all he knows. And when people cater to him, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of mentality. So, I mean, 
it kind of is what it is, Sam. I'm 50-50 about it. I got distracted because Bleacher Report sent out a thing that said Aaron Judge signed with the Giants. And then it, this is based on a, a tweet from John Heyman of the New York Post. And then John Heyman just walked it back. He deleted the tweet. He said, sorry, Giants have not heard from on Aaron Judge. <laughs> My apologies for jumping the gun. So you just gave me a heart attack and I missed like half of the crap you just said, Brandon. I'm sure it was great and I'm sure I agree with you. But uh, Aaron Judge, we'll get to in a second, is, you know, I, I can't I can't take it anymore. Uh, I know my fellow Yankee fans out there agree with me. Uh, but whatever you said, Hayes, I'm sure it was great. Thanks, uh, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know uh, me, man. Week 14 picks. Let's go. Let's do it, man. Uh, pretty, uh, you know, certainly not the lineup, the schedule we saw last week. A great week of games, man. Agreed. The Bengals taking care of the Chiefs. Jets almost beating the Vikings. If Braxton Barrios could catch passes. Great, uh, the you know, the Colts just getting annihilated by the Cowboys. There's a lot going on. You'll cover it with your rankings here, but not as uh, not as appealing this week. Uh, a little more chalk as far as you and I picking these games. So let's just uh, jump at it here. Uh, looks like Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. The Las Vegas Raiders are in L.A. to play the Rams. We both have the Raiders there. Um, no surprise there. Ra- Raiders, uh, since Derek Carr started crying. Uh, post game, he, they've they put together some wins. Josh Jacobs, Devonte Adams are balling, so uh, I I'm sure that's why we both have the Raiders here. Here's where we differ: Ravens at Steelers. I like Tyler Huntley. Uh, you know he certainly knows this offense and can play, but I'm just I'm picking the Steelers here. Huntley is the reason why they win. Ravens. There you go. That's hey. Uh, Vikings at the Lions. We're both picking the Vikings here. Uh, this you know, disclaimer we still both really like this Lions team. Hopefully, J- Jamison Williams can get on the field, uh, this week. Jaguars at the Titans. I have the Jags. You have the Titans. Discuss. Uh, Titans aren't going to lose two back to back and then not win against the Jags. Titans win, and Derrick Henry is not going to go, uh, only go rush for 30 yards. So, Titans. There, I just, I just like the Jaguars, uh, and your boy Doug Peterson. Eagles at the Giants in the Meadowlands. Here, we both have the Eagles. Uh, I don't need to ask you why you have the Eagles, but go Birds. Hey, man, they're the best team in football. Eleven and one, beat you a billion different ways. Uh, Jets at the Bills. You gave me some crap for not taking the Jets last week. I almost texted you a billion times saying I got these Jets, and they started the game slow, and then they. I thought they were going to win, and they didn't. But it's hard to play in Buffalo, and that's why I have the Bills. I'm sure that's why you do, too. Uh, Browns at the Bengals. We both have the Bengals. Texans at the Cowboys. Both have the Cowboys. Chiefs at the Broncos. We're both going Kansas City here. Panthers at the Seahawks. Uh, go Seattle. Uh, both have Seattle with that one. Sunday night football. This is I'm really excited for this game. Uh, Dolphins at the Chargers. I almost picked the Chargers, and then I realized Brandon Staley in uh, primetime games especially doesn't fare well. So I'm going Dolphins with this one, even though they they uh, lost last week. If they don't call for his head after the season, I'm going to be highly disappointed because he is – you got rid of uh, – who was, who was my guy before there? Uh, 
Was it Joseph? Uh... Oh, Vance. No, Vance Joseph was the Vance Broncos Joseph. coach. Um, no. no. Uh, I'm, I'll remember what it is. But you got rid of my man, and he was doing fine. And then all of a sudden, we they get Brandon Staley, and then he does this with it. So, uh, yeah, I I can care less about the Chargers. I, I, I Their defense is already hurt. So, yeah. Anthony Lynn. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to my Google God. Machine. Uh, Monday Night Football. Patriots at the Cardinals. I have the Patriots, even though they um, they did not look good on Thursday against the Bills, and you know, Bill Belichick had enough. But I'm going Patriots on Monday night. There's no special Call of Duty event this weekend, so Cardinals. You would know, yeah. Thank you for keeping the the people updated. Yeah, that no problem. Hey, Hayes, it's time. Oh, a yeah, lot this... of movement, a lot of yeah. shaking. It's your top ten. Through week 13, who you got? Number 10. Number 10 is the Ravens. Uh, and that's because they lost Lamar, and that's huge. Um, I think Huntley can can help them navigate through this time without Lamar, but Lamar is a completely different type of talent. Uh, but I I have faith in Huntley. I just they still just have a good team and adding Roquan Smith it shores up that defense a little bit, but we'll see. They're they're the super wishy-washy team. Number nine, Titans. They just lost to my boys. Uh, but I still think they have a lot of talent. And and as Sam mentioned earlier, with with Mike Vrabel as their coach, this is their time of the year. This is when they normally turn things up and turn it up a notch. Uh Tannehill just came back. Uh, from injury last week, he's not still fully there with his ankle, not really able to have that mobility. But when he brings that back, uh, I, I'm sure they will elevate their offense to a different level. Uh, eight, uh, the Dolphins, uh, they are, if you, this is your first time listening to the podcast, this is my father's favorite team. And I'm glad he gets to actually watch them do pretty well this year. Uh, they, they've had a up and down season for me even though they're they're still winning with Tua and they're doing certain things it's just I'm waiting for them to start dominate teams and they just haven't turned that corner for me but when they do everybody should be scared um at number seven the Niners uh they might drop down to where the Ravens are next week depending on what happens uh with their new quarterback new QB1 uh but they still have a solid offense solid defense they just need somebody to be able to to manage the game for them um at 6 the Vikings they're still 10 and 2 but for me they're the most unreliable team to me with a high record such as this they they've only had lost two games and both of the games that they lost were destroyed by two emphasis on the two uh elite teams uh in this league and that was the cowboys and the eagles uh, and they both destroyed them and made justin jefferson uh non-existence which is crazy to say because that is an extremely hard feat um at five the bills uh nine and three bills also have had an up and down year again this is me saying this with them having a nine and three record uh josh allen from week to week yes he still has the ability to make every throw and do things, but he sometimes makes some really bonehead decisions and puts his team in predicaments. Uh, and, and sometimes the team doesn't show up when they really need to. Uh, at four, uh, the Chiefs, they dropped down because they lost to the Bengals, who were at number three. Uh, they lost to them. They seem the Bengals seem to have their number, uh, and, and they just can't get over the hump of beating the Bengals. Uh, but the Chiefs are still going to be around. They're still going to be there, and they still are top three 
Uh, so it's these three teams in a row, the next being the Bengals uh, with Joe Burrow and this team. They were nowhere near uh, my top 10 for quite some time, but they are now getting healthier. Their weapons are are getting sharper. Uh, Joe Burrow is still showing people why he is Joe Burrow and he can make every single throw. And this kid is just Joe cool for real. Uh, Thorough Burrow, as Dane would say, he's that <laughs> dude um, at two. Uh, the Cowboys, the Cowboys continue to win with Dak. They just keep winning nine and three. Uh, they beat the Colts. Now, I just want to be very, very clear about that Colts win because I've I've watched a lot of Cowboys slander talking to the Eagles directly, which is funny to me, uh, saying this is how you beat the Colts. Uh, last I checked, going all the way into the third quarter, uh, it was pretty close. It was only separated by one point. Uh, I genuinely feel that the Colts just blew the game themselves, but the Cowboys capitalized on that and they deserve that. They, a win is a win and you put up those points, you put up those points. The Cowboys aren't any slouches. Uh, they are going to continue to put numbers up on teams as they, I believe, are still the number one scoring offense in the NFL to this day. Um, but number one is the team that beat them. Uh, the team that keeps beating everybody except for the commanders uh, <laughs> the one time, uh, the 11 and one Eagles, uh, what they've shown as Sam has alluded to earlier, they can beat you in multiple ways uh, and they continue to do that the week before they were able to rush this week. They were able to pass with Jalen doing no rushing. Uh, they were able to beat you with their defensive line where the past couple weeks weren't able to stop the run whatsoever. And they stopped Derrick Henry uh, <laughs> and only let him, rush for 30 yards, which is extremely hard to say. And Sam, I want you to really think about the running backs that they just faced and what they're going to continue to face this week. So they faced Derrick Henry this past week, the week prior to that, who's the running back for the Colts? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. I, who would they face the week before that? Derrick Henry. No, they just faced Derrick Henry. I'm trying to remember who the Eagles played the week before that. It's Was before. that when they lost to the commanders? Uh, no, it was, hold on. I'll tell you right now because I'm losing my, the Packers. So they had, uh, Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones, right? Yeah. So they keep facing these crazy, crazy running backs. And Aaron Jones was actually last week. And then before that was, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, but now they get to face Saquon. So they have another test against their run game. So I don't want to hear it. Um, they just keep putting up numbers and I'm just very proud of them, but they round out. Jordan Davis gets healthy, man. He's back. Oh, he is? Yeah, he played. Mm -hmm. He played? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. This is why you're talking about the Eagles. <laughs> hey, man, when Jordan Davis gets healthy, man, <laughs> it's over. Yeah, yeah so that was your top 10. A lot of movement there. Mm -hmm. Interesting that the Bills won. They slide, they slide up only one spot, and they're the number one seed now in the, the AMC. Yeah. yeah. I still don't have any faith in them. I, I they they just they had the opportunity. They came into the season with the Bills. That's all you heard the offseason. The Bills are this team. They were gonna be that team to beat. And I just think I'm gonna be a prisoner of the moment and openly say that and be open and honest. Is I thought they were gonna take that crown and they have not proven that and have not stepped up to be like, hey, we're better than the Chiefs, we're better than the Bengals, and those teams seem to be fighting for being the best in that division, even though they currently have that number one seed. Crushing it. Thanks. <laughs> Great job. That was Appreciate your power it. rankings. You could check them out on our Instagram page. They'll be posted tomorrow at Chasing Points Podcast. Thank you for the follow.
in uh, advance. Hey, uh, that was pros wasn't the only football going on this past weekend. I hear it from friends of the pod that we talk too much NFL, not enough college. Brandon also we said are. that. <clears throat> what? Huh? <laughs> Nothing. Brandon also said that. <clears throat> Brandon helps make the rundown. <laughs> hey, uh, the college football playoffs was announced on Sunday morning afternoon. It goes as followed. Follows Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, and the Ohio State University 4. Hayes on the outside looking in. Bama 5. Tennessee six did the playoff committee get this right yep and I know a lot of people are crying over Bama because they've they're used to seeing Bama in this because they've always been in this but who has Bama beat (laughs) who has Bama beat that is literally a top tier team Michigan has beat Ohio State they beat Penn State TCU beat I think is K-State who Bama is now playing Ohio State beat Penn State. I'm trying to think of who the other team that they beat, too, that was a ranked team. And Georgia has just been demolishing everybody. So, and then, yeah, so I, yeah, they got it right to me. They, they absolutely got it right to me. And it's, I'm okay with not seeing Bama there. I really am not a fan of Bama. Just some players are coming out of there. I think it had to be a hard decision for them, especially. Ratings wise, TV sure. rating wise, having Bama in there instead of, you know, I think the obvious one out in this situation, just talking about ratings would be TCU. But, you know, I, I still don't, I, I think they got it right. But mm-hmm. I think there was probably a lot of consideration for Alabama and a two loss SEC team, you know, playing that schedule, playing where they are. I, you know, I think that holds a little more water than, than a team like TCU only losing one game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ultimately I'm I'm fine with it. Uh it's set up as the Fiesta Bowl will be uh New Year's Eve afternoon, Michigan at TCU, the Peach Bowl that night, New Year's Eve night, around eight o'clock Eastern, Georgia, Ohio State, and the title game, obviously Monday, January 9th. Uh no surprise here. Michigan's seven and a half point favorite, Georgia. Six and a half points. I took that from Caesar's sports book uh, tonight. So that may change. But uh, Georgia is now the fourth different team to enter the playoff as the number one seed. And it has been around that long, maybe eight, nine years the playoffs put around. And uh, the first college football playoff without Bama or Clemson. So hmm. uh, Clemson you know. sucks right now. <laughs> Speaking of Clemson, <laughs> other... New Year's Eve bowl games, December 30th, Tennessee, Clemson. Uh, Then we have the Sugar Bowl, as you just mentioned, Bama, Kansas State. That's New Year's Eve at noon. Uh, Cotton Bowl, uh, January 2nd in the afternoon, USC, uh, Tulane. And the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. (laughs) Your Penn State Nittany Lions, 11th ranked Nittany Lions against the Utes, the Utah Utes uh, and the Rose Bowl. That's going to be a good game. It is. I actually thought about going with a buddy uh, because, oh, yeah, yeah thought, thought about that. I do spur the moment type travel. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how rent looks. <laughs> we'll see. I heard that. Um, yeah, I have a, uh, one of my best friends is getting married New Year's Eve. So I will, he will probably have the ESPN app on as well. But 
we'll smart man. Those games. Yeah, man. Uh, speaking of uh, smart men, talented men, Hall of Fame men, uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, uh, My guy. told, yeah, told uh, his Jackson State team after they won their second straight Southwestern Athletic Conference title that he's headed the Colorado uh, over the last three years at Jackson State. He went 27 and five. He said he's bringing baggage with him, and it's really good baggage, like Louie. It's Louie. And uh, I'm bringing baggage, and it's Louie. And the big news from from Prime, you know, recruiting-wise, last year he was able to get a number of highly touted recruits, including Travis Hunter, who was the number one rated recruit in the 2022 class, uh, defensive back. And uh, Hunter's going with him to Colorado, it sounds like. So uh, I'm sure... Uh, recruiting is going to increase and be a little more desirable now that prime time is in uh is in Colorado. What do you think of the move? And um, well, I'm gonna start yeah, with what do the, the the negative slander for him and and the things I've been hearing about why is he leaving HBCU uh, and and going to Colorado and blah blah blah. It's, first off. Prime is going to be elite no matter where he goes because that's just who he is. He's an elite individual, and he expects nothing but greatness. Uh, what he did uh, for Jackson State was great, um, but I don't think people really understand how popular HBCUs are in general. It's just he brought a different light to it because of his celebrity, and I'm very, very thankful that he was able to do that and recruit the way he was and get some of these young cats to come there to HBCU and still ball out. So I absolutely love that. Um, I, I wish he would stay, but I also wish there was more funding for HBCUs. Uh, but I'm also on the same, same side of that coin, I guess, or the opposite side of the coin, I should say. Uh, I'm happy that he's going to Colorado because he's not just going to a team that is winning because Colorado only won one game this year. So <laughs> he's going to a team that doesn't have a winning history. Last I checked, I don't remember Colorado being anybody's place or destination to go as a top recruit, period. Uh, so he can turn that around and get an opportunity to propel himself to the next level. And I'm rooting for him because there's not many people in all of football that look like him or I uh, in these top positions and if he can get up there if anybody that i think could get up there it's him uh so 100 in prime's corner uh what he does for these kids what he teaches these kids and how he speaks to these kids uh he he creates winners on and off the field and i absolutely love that about him so prime yeah, for sure. he certainly has his work cut out for him but you know absolutely. I, he was pretty candid i i watched uh his speech to um both to his former team and to his new team. And he's basically like to the new guys, like transfer portal, it's going to be full, you know, like show up and play, you know, it's so no doubt, certainly the arrows pointing up for this, um, for this program. And hopefully that, that works. Yeah. I'm going to say yeah. this real quick to that point of the transfer portal thing. Cause I saw a lot of sensitive people talking about this and it, it really, really irked me and let me know who's actually been in a locker room for any sport when a coach talks and says real things. When he said that thing about the portal, he basically said, you have an opportunity to leave. Yeah. If you don't want to be here, don't be here. Like, leave now. Because if you're going to be here, you're going to have to work. 
And there's going to be other people that are going to come in here and they're going to make you work because they're going to try to take that spot. Everything was handed to you. He literally said, basically, things were handed to you throughout your whole life at this point in time. That's done here. Like you're going to have to earn everything here. And yes, his son is coming there. But guess what? He's still going to make his son earn that spot, too, because he doesn't play that. You got to earn your spot. So I love that we need more people like that uh, in sports and in life that will push you out of your comfort zone, which is when great things actually happen. Yeah, no, dude, you're absolutely right. And I'm excited to see this um, this program evolve and next step. And as you mentioned just before, put it on the map in a way. Like, just, you know, always liked primetime. I'm interested to see where, where this goes. And I think he's certainly a, a heck of a coach there. Real quick, the Heisman Trophy finalists were announced, I think, yesterday, Monday. Um, real quick, Stetson Bennett, quarterback from Georgia. These are all quarterbacks. Max Duggan from TCU, CJ Stroud of OSU. And uh, speaking of transfer portals, former Oklahoma quarterback and now USC quarterback, Caleb Williams. I don't really have a strong feeling on who's going to hoist the Heisman on Saturday night, but it should be Caleb. But I, I think it might be Stetson because his team has been the number one team wire to wire. So, yeah. It might be him, and they just and, keep on and, and continuing off of what they he did last year. Yeah, it, was so it might be him, but I'm Caleb yeah. for sure. Yeah, I think. I mean, if you're looking at at the future, certainly the you know uh, as far as prospects, Caleb and and Stroud certainly jump out mm -hmm. at the top there of you know NFL prospects, and Stroud could be a top ten pick this year, and I'm sure you know Caleb Williams is. Uh, you know, ready for the year after to to make yes, the sir. jump there. I mentioned, you know, we're we're changing gears here to the major league baseball. I mentioned the heart attack I had while we were doing do you care or that quick do you care, but uh the Giants allegedly offered Aaron Judge $360 million. John Heyman um said that the Yankees are still believed to be the favorite to sign the you know this year's MVP. Uh Judge was was in Tampa last night, Monday Night Football, which Raymond James Stadium is right across the street from the Yankees complex there. Uh, you know, dapped up, had a conversation with Tom Brady. Tom Brady tried to recruit him to play tight end. He's six foot seven. He was a, you know, stud tight end in, in high school. I'm sure he could, I'm sure he could play tight end in the uh, National Football League, no doubt. I'm sure but, he could. Uh, you have a, indication on what judge is going to do because i no. have famously okay because famously all summer long i've said he's leaving he's leaving i'm scared he's leaving and i've changed my tune the last couple weeks and now i'm nervous as hell again dude i have no idea anymore but i'm just i'm scared i don't think anybody does outside of him to be honest i think they're probably the only two people in the world that know what he wants to do next is his wife and him that's yeah. probably it and you know good for him either way if he doesn't if he doesn't stay with the yankees good and i hope that wakes up brian cashman and wakes up other gms that says you know when you have something right there in front of you you go out and get it the bad side is that i wouldn't be able to go down to the bronx and see him play on a regular basis or turn on yes and watch him play and it have to know that he plays uh, back in his home state 
uh, for another team providing the power that he can. But I, I just, I'll say that I'm, I think he stays with the Yankees because why go to the Giants where you're a power hitter and that ballpark is extremely hard to hit the ball out of. Uh, so I, I mean, I guess we'll Especially see. I mean, for a righty, yeah. Yes, yes. So I, I guess we'll just see what happens. I mean, I'm not trying to think about it too much because I don't want to get myself worked up, Sam. Michael K. Uh, just uh, this is from Bleacher Report, but Michael K. had got a tweet or a text from someone mm-hmm. close to the Yankees saying the Yankees are still in play for Judge. Yep. It just just came across my uh, my phone there. So yeah, who who knows, man? I am really nervous but i think the situation brian cashman you know i've read a lot of things about this and mainly that's hal wants aaron judge at all costs no you know he just wants aaron judge and cashman is being more realistic about it in the sense of they should have paid him when they had the chance to do it god damn it and i think this is the reason that they are shying away is when you get a contract like the Rangers gave to Jacob deGrom on Friday, where they gave the off-injured deGrom, who's 34, a five-year, $185 million deal with a sixth year that would equal $222 million. When you're the Rangers, you got to pay people like that. And, you know, the Mets didn't counter and went ahead and signed Justin Verlander but, you know, this is kind of a risky move that the Rangers kind of needed to make because how else are you going to get pitching down there? They they shelled out a lot of cash for Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon last offseason. But, you know, they also historically trade away dudes like this when they, you know, the bills start coming in. You know, this happened with A-Rod, Josh Hamilton. You know, it's it, it certainly happens in Texas, but... Uh, you know, I just mentioned Verlander going to the Mets now, two years, $86 million, third year option there. Verlander's 40. Who would you rather want on your salary cap? Ace. Meaning Verlander or Jacob deGrom? Yeah, with these deals, five years, 185 for deGrom, two years, 86 million for Verlander, one six years older. I, I mean, I would. Definitely go Degrom. Degrom is is a once a generational type guy, and he's built such a such a legacy with the Mets. Uh, but I, I understand why the Mets may have not done this, and the only reason I can think that they didn't do this is because of his his injury history. He's injury prone, and with Verlander, you're gonna have him for two two years max three years and he still is dealing this year you know what i mean so and you're getting him for for a tax break so it's just like you're saving a little money here but what are you doing with that money that you're saving are you going to go out and get other people which i'm sure the mess will i'm sure they're probably going to try to get somebody else uh to to fill in that spot so we'll see i guess yeah i think i'd rather have verlander at at these costs here. Um, certainly. I mean, DeGrom was a pitcher of generation, really. I mean, when, you know, two Cy Young awards, when he's healthy, when he was on, he was, you know, the best in the league. Um, so they'll certainly miss him in, in flushing, but um, it's a lot of money to give someone who can't stay healthy. And I think, you know, uh, I think the Rangers will probably come to regret this move, but, 
you know, I under, totally understand why they did it. I have a lot of friends that are Mets fans that are okay with it, especially with the consolation prize, quote unquote, of Justin Verlander. So mm-hmm. we'll see there. And, and speaking of big moves, 11 years, $300 million for Trey Turner to head to Philly. This Philly offense is ridiculous. Stacked. Yeah, stacked. Real Muto, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, probably like Bryson Stott's going to play second base. Uh, Reese Hoskins playing playing uh, first base. Like this is nuts, dude. Shout out uh, to shout out to Philly fans in general. Yeah, you have the Phillies, you have the Eagles, and you have the Sixers. Uh, yeah, you you are your teams are running on high right now. I don't even know what the Flyers are doing right now. Maybe you can tell me. I, I don't know, but yeah, they they're they're running high right now. In my our my last MLB uh, update here is for the New York Yankees. Read the room, guys. The Trey Turner deal got announced. The Verlander deal deal got announced. A couple hours later, the Yankees announced that they re-signed general manager and and you know senior vice president Brian Cashman to a four year deal through twenty twenty six. I like Cashman. I'm fine that he's back. I'm. I feel like I'm on an island with this. But like he, he's basically been working without a contract. We know this at this point. You know, it'd be news if they let him go. Uh, but if I'm Hal, I would sign him unless you guaranteed that Judge was back. <laughs> you oh, you want to get signed, Cash? Like bring Judge back. Yeah, exactly. So that would like, have been my my. My moment right there for you. We'll bring you back. You bring him back. How about yeah, that? There you go. But that was our uh, MLB update. Um, that's it. That's all we got. Winter meetings going on now in San Diego. But NBA. NBA. Here we go. NBA. Do you care edition for the NBA? Because we haven't spent enough time. And last week I told you on this podcast, I need to watch more basketball. And I did. Ready? Wow. wow. The Celtics are 20 and 5. Do you care? Yeah, they're really, really good. Even without uh Ime uh, Doga. They yeah, they're which still is wild. They're 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 just a really well built team. Is Brad Stevens couldn't get it done. Ime got them to the NBA finals. They are just a well put together team, and that's because of Tatum, Tatum, Tatum. Yeah, yeah. But the way that Jalen Brown is also stepped up as well, too, and they have been able to play off of each other and alongside of each other. Yeah. It's really, really hard to stop those two alone and they're really young. So you got to be concerned about them. Yeah. They're, I do care. They're a very, very tough team. Yeah. Uh, you think they're the team to beat certainly in the East in the East right now. Yes. I I don't know if they're the team to beat overall, but currently if the, the league were to stop today, which it doesn't, uh, they they would be a, a hard out by anybody, and I yeah. think they're going to give a lot of people the business. Yeah, I, I care to uh, really like this team. Tatum's playing. You know, I didn't think it could get better. Um, it did, even though he, you know, had moments in the finals where he, you know, disappeared. But um, and I'm sure I'm sure that has been on his mind all off season too, because um, we're not the only people saying that, but. You know, I, I like the Celtics team. I, I They're definitely going to be a hard out, as you mentioned. Speaking of a team that we thought was just dead two weeks ago, the Lakers have won eight of their last 10 games. Plain clothes, as you like to call them. 
mm-hmm. in that span, Anthony Davis, 35 points a game, almost 16 rebounds a game, almost three blocks a game. And on Sunday, he dropped 55 and seven board, 17 boards. The first 50-15 game from 70% from the field since Wilt in 1969. Two-part question. Do you care? And are the Lakers back? Uh, I don't care. And here's why. Mr. Plain Clothes, plain, excuse me, Plain Clothes, Mr. Street Clothes, Mr. Glass, Anthony Davis is bawling out of his mind, and he should have been doing this because that was the whole reason they went and got him. He was supposed to steer the ship while LeBron just coasted and did his thing on the side along with it. Think about how scary that is. LeBron coasting on the side doing his thing and AD doing what he's doing right now, carrying the team. See, but the thing is, I just mentioned one of his nicknames is Mr. Glass. He's bound to get hurt. I'm not praying for him to get hurt. I don't want him to get hurt. The league is better when he's playing. But he is susceptible to injury. And I I don't want to say it's going to happen, but his track record shows it's bound to happen. I hope he doesn't get hurt. I hope he stays there. I hope he keeps balling out, getting 55 points and doing his damn thing because this would mean the Lakers are back. But, Sam, until I see him there for an extended period of time with nothing, no back, nothing like that, not, not a wince or anything, then I will say the Lakers are back. But in the last eight games, they have shown that they can win games for sure. I I care. I, I agree with you. The league's better when AD is healthy, when the Lakers are playing well. Um, this is why the Lakers mortgage their future for Anthony Davis to basically be the facilitator, not the facilitator, but the end result, right? Like to be the point scorer, to be the dominant guy that he can be and, and to have LeBron just facilitate the ball and, you know, you know, beat, beat the coverage that he has and, and still be LeBron because LeBron is still playing well at 30, seven 38 years old um so hopefully he can stay healthy he does not have a good track record of doing so uh but this is certainly you got to feel a lot better if you're the lakers especially how russ has adapted to playing off the bench and scoring running the second team he's played really well he's like leading the team in assists like he's he's playing how shocker. shockingly yeah. shocker you mean he's leading the team in assists you mean the guy that averaged a triple double shocker you know that they could he could score off of the bench or he could score and allow him to be him and that's this is what's happening they're finally allowing him to be him and they should have just put him on a second unit a long time ago and this is what they would have gotten is period. this an indictment on frank vogel certainly he's not there anymore but I'd say so, but I think Frank lost the team anyway. Like, I think there's, it just wasn't it. And they were looking for something else. And when you try to, it's, it's that whole logic that I have is when you try to make the players fit into the way that you want them to play into your system, instead of adapting to the players that you have and creating a system around them, teams do better when you, you create around the personnel that you have and and highlight their attributes instead of highlighting uh the the parts of them that <laughs> are frowned upon that are are not elevated or whatnot like you you can't 
They expected so much from Russ. They expected things from Russ that he's not. We've seen who Russ is. Allow Russ to be Russ, right? That's the real Russ that needs to be cooking. Forget the other one. He's out there riding on some type of Bronco or something. Okay. Speaking mm. of guys, though, that can't stay healthy, Kawhi. The team's 4-0 when he starts. They're 10-11 and otherwise. But as a starter this year, only eight points a game, four assists a game, and two rebounds. Do you care? Um, <laughs> yeah, I do care because he's when he's playing, he's such a great player. But uh, the question is, when is he playing? So uh, I think that is that's going to be a detriment to his career um, is is him taking advantage of, you know, these resting games or these uh, these DMPs for rest and then not disclosing injuries and just hearing the rumors of him not wanting to play. And he just seems like, even though he's quiet to everybody else, he, everything that I've heard about a very quiet person has not been the greatest, which says a lot to me. So I'd like to see Kawhi out there and and because the Clippers should be running away with the West if he actually was playing, but he's not that well. So, yeah. Speaking of not playing well, despite dropping 21 points, James Harden returned to Houston, only went four of 19 from the field of the lake. The 76ers lost in double OT the other day. James Harden's back in Houston. Do you care? Or playing in Houston? I don't I care. I put back. this in there so we could roast James Harden. That's <laughs> I don't care that he's back in Houston. I do care that he's back playing, but his game is not the same game that it once was. Uh, and that's unfortunate. Uh, because yeah. he is he is a top talent. Uh, but you know, it kind of is what it is. By the way, Cody Bellinger is to the Cubs. Um, but uh James Harden is I know they invested money in, in this man to to get them to that next part, but I would be focusing on uh Maxi. Uh that's who yeah. I would focus on because him with Embiid. That's the duo to worry about on that team. I make sure I keep him at all costs. Um, so I, I think James can be a, an asset for this team uh, going forward because he definitely obviously can get, still get buckets, but he's not the James Harden of old, and he hasn't been the same since that hamstring injury when he was in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's, that's saying something too. But if he can, I mean, he it sounded like last season or in the offseason, he's committed to, you know, the new James Harden playing, you know, he's certainly not the same scorer that he was at in his prime, but he can still get it done. Even though what I say, he was four for like four for 19 from the field. So like still, you know, still got it done, but it's certainly not efficient. Uh, and he certainly can't take as many shots uh, as he used to, especially with Embiid and, and Maxi and the, supporting cast there but um yeah i don't i don't care uh you didn't ask me but i i don't care last i'm sure you'll you'll cover this and have been covering this on your other podcast for the love of hype check it out wherever you listen to this podcast nike officially terminates the partnership with kyrie irving i guess you know we uh we touched on at the top of the show uh, you know and we've certainly been involved in the whole kyrie saga not only this past one but just over the last couple of years but 
Nike ending officially ending ways with uh, Kyrie. You know, Phil Knight essentially alluded to this weeks ago, but uh, it's a done deal. Do you care? Absolutely. Uh, it's said that they it's a mutual parting of ways, uh, but he had one of the top sneaker lines in Nike. Period. Definitely one um, of definitely the one of the two highest selling. Um, in basketball for players that are still playing, meaning out of him and KD, essentially. Uh, I I think Nike, it made it easier for Nike to do this. I, I Before the anti-Semitic conversation, uh, Kyrie has been having an up-and-down relationship with Nike in the past couple of years. Yeah, anyway. this is nothing new. This so, certainly... well, I'm saying this for the people that don't know yeah. um, or, or don't care about the sneaker world like i do but this has been a ongoing type of battle thing because of not knowing what Kyrie wanted to do within the sport i mean they're not going to keep him as an athlete really once he leaves uh they'll probably still send him if he was still part of nike when he retired they would probably send him care packages but he's not like that player that once they retire that they still want to be somewhat of a, a face or to show up and do certain things and be attached to the brand uh so with also John ja Morant and Devin Booker's both their signature sneakers coming out uh, in 2023, I think they were kind of just like, okay, well, we've got our two next superstars coming up for basketball, so it, it's whatever. We kind of already made what we need to make and go from there. I just still think it's sickening that I have to see that Kyrie is not a part of Nike because it's just going to feel really, really weird. But I have a few places that I hope he lands um and decides to do things with but i i will keep my fingers crossed and and hope it happens i'll talk about it on for the love of hype as sam mentioned um but yeah what do you i honestly want to i mean you collect some you get some sneakers you're interested in the sneaker world you enjoy buying kicks yourself um what is your thoughts on this do you care um where do you think or how do you think this plays out i i care i this isn't i I don't know if this is a hot take because I'm not as in the sneaker world as as you certainly are. Um, you know, I listen to your podcast. We have conversations um, about it. But I think Kyrie is probably like the second most iconic line like currently, right? Like, I mean, his, his kicks, like, what are they on now? Like six now or seven? Somewhere uh, out, somewhere forgot, around there. I forgot the number. Yeah, it's really like they're, they're still really popular. They still look like the colorways are dope. Like the the insignia, the meaning behind what he's doing it certainly puts a lot of effort. There's a lot of backstory to each one of his uh, drops. Like people are, I see him, uh, I see him on people all the time. You see him on celebrities too, you know. What what are the hot lines now, especially for Nike? Right, you have Jordans, Kobe's, Kyrie's, right up there. You'd say they were more popular than LeBron sneakers. I think they look better. Kyrie's, no, they're not. They're not more. They are more popular yeah, than LeBron sneakers. A, and Way what, more popular yeah. than LeBron sneakers. And LeBron was supposed to be, you know, it was supposed to be this like you know next generation type of 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 line here. And it's you know, I, LeBron I think sneakers. Ky Bron sneakers are up there. Let's to be fair. Yeah, they're, he's they're, got yeah, they're up he's there. Got some but nice if you go to, especially speaking to parents, if you're a parent listening to this and your kids are in sports, and you go to any of these tournaments and look at the kids' feet, it's Giannis's. Uh, there's 
Ky- uh, Katie's and there's Kyrie's. Those are the most worn. And then St- Steph Curry, uh, because Steph is Steph. Um, and then there's Jordan's, right? Those are the top five right there for like kids, ball and AAU, all that to get because they're readily available. Kobe's a little bit different because the line is not active like that. And you have to go out and buy Kobe's and find them and do all that stuff. And kids do wear bronze, but they don't wear it as much as those five that I mentioned. So yeah, Kyrie's are Sam to your, to your point, Kyrie's are in top two for, for basketball, top three for basketball, I'd say period. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, I'd be interested in to see where he goes and if he has, you know, what the public opinion on him is and, and you know, if he lands somewhere, whether it's like Puma, Adidas or or wherever, um, you know, what Under Armour or whatever, where if he still has that same interest, especially with what has happened and how, you know, people hear things secondhand or don't aren't into the news as much as you and I have been with the story. And then, you know, it, it just takes on different opinions and different, uh, different forms. It'd be interesting to see where, uh, where he lands there as far as just from a retail sense, you know, um, every single Kyrie that I looked at on Nike while you were talking are, are all on sale. Every single one is on sale right now. I don't know. If that's, yep. I don't know if that's because of this, <laughs> but uh yeah every single one is on sale and that was uh for the love of hype podcast thank you so much <laughs> no uh real quick too in, in world cup news i know we were bummed over the weekend uh the usa men's national team lost to the netherlands three to one uh it wasn't close um garbage time goal for for the u.s there but um a rough loss um i can't say I follow uh, men's soccer very closely, but um, you know it was fun while it lasted. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, get back and win a gold I, or something. I don't know. I, I just I, still think it's weird that we, as a country, are the only country they call it soccer when it's football. Yeah, uh, and we're so arrogant about it too. Yeah, it's so it's weird. so awful. Like, yeah. It's like yeah, we just want to be different and call it soccer. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it's uh. It was super sad to to watch that um, and to watch these young men pour their their hearts out. But they're a very young team. They went went against a, a veteran uh, Netherlands team, and that's not even one of the best Netherlands team in in recent memories. But there was mistakes. Um, Pulisic had a opportunity in the first three minutes to yep. put the the U.S. national team up. And missed on that. And there's just some lapses in defense and it just didn't really add up. Um, shout out to Tyler Adams, um, our our Wappingers Falls uh guy. Uh seeing all his pictures of him when he was young at Marist and all the stuff, local stuff around us, it, it warms the heart to see him and knowing that he was a captain of this team, uh, and that he's extremely young and this team is extremely young, and they're just gonna grow up there's a lot of storylines here and there's a lot of really really good players um some one that didn't even start but came in at certain times uh from the tri-state as well uh so just just happy to see that and happy to see how these kids uh have have gained respect on the international level because a lot of them play for clubs overseas and I, that's what 
they always needed is not just guys that play here in MLS. It's not MLS is where you come to, to have your career die, essentially. Like Messi's about to sign and come here. Messi's not playing in Europe really anymore. Uh, if he could, he would. Um, but it's it's nice to see these young guys going across the pond and and getting their their chance to shine over there. So uh, in in four more years, we'll see what happens. We'll definitely see what happens. So yeah. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with you there. It I've seen this take happen uh, a lot on on Twitter and whatnot over the last couple weeks. If we had our best athletes play <laughs> yeah. soccer, we would completely destroy everyone. I don't know, but we don't have our best athletes playing soccer. No, so not can at you all. imagine like LeBron James is like the prototypical like not proto like made in a lab, right? You know. <laughs> And uh, like the, someone with peak prime athleticism, like Russell Westbrook playing soccer, like John Morant, get out of here, man. Uh, it would be nuts. Um, but, you know, it, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll get into it a little more. You should. I say that every two years because yeah. the Olympics and the World Cup and everything. But that's a, that's our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, check us out on Instagram. At Chasing Points Podcast, ChasingPointsPodcast.com. Um, episode 79 in the books for Brandon. My name is Sam. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. And uh, that's it. Happy birthday, Natalie. Happy birthday, Natalie. Um, this is for you space invaders out here. No, I'm not talking about the video games. You people that don't know how to stay out of people's personal spaces. More specifically, when I'm in the grocery store. Sam, I will tell you this, sir. When I was in the grocery store the other day, I was minding my business at the deli, looking to get some cold cuts, uh, just to add some protein to my diet when I'm working. And this young man comes out of nowhere and walks right in front of me where I'm looking, and I just stop and just stare at him as if I wasn't here. Now, the old Brandon probably would have picked up some uh, Land Lake cheese and smacked him right in the face with it. But that's the old Brandon, and I've turned a new leaf. Uh, but to say that that image did not run through my head multiple times would be an absolute lie. This doesn't just stop at the grocery store. This happens to those that are in the gym. If you see somebody lifting weights right in front of the mirror, don't come and do a set directly in front of them, you jerk off. Go somewhere else. There's other mirrors. You don't need to be right there. It's called gym etiquette. It's called personal space etiquette. People, I, sometimes some of you have this nasty BO, and I don't want to smell that, and you're in my space. And guess what? When you have that BO, sometimes it just stays and lingers right in the stash, and I have to smell it for the rest of the time me working out. I don't want to smell that. Don't want to smell you. Don't want you in my space. Please go somewhere else. Ask kindly. Walk somewhere else. It's just courtesy is the word of the week. Courtesy. Google it. You have a phone. You have a computer. You have a tablet. Do something. Be better. Do better. Happy holidays. <laughs>